Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's a gorilla of destiny. A bullet club OG. Continuing on the legacy of the most feared name in all of wrestling. From Tonga to Japan to America, you are now entering Tamas Island with your host, the babyface heel, Tamatonga. And we are live on the Tamas Island Twitch channel. Thank you all for joining us. It's Tuesday. It's 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That can only mean one thing. We are recording this week's episode of Tama's Island. As always, I am your co-host, Ross W. Berman IV, the Folk City Hustler, the Culture Vulture, whatever you want to call me, the New Japan guy <laughs> over at WrestleZone. I wear many hats, uh, but one of, them, one of them is that I am the co-host of this year's podcast with the one, the only Tama Tonga. Tama, how are you feeling right now? Ah, uh, dude. Feeling great. I got I got my summer gear on. Uh, mm-hmm. I got the uh, shades always, man. I'm feeling yep. ready. Talk to me, Ross. What's going on? We got we got a, we got a guy here, Ross. We got a guy yep. here. I was just about to say we got a guest with us from the Thomas Island subscribers. We got uh, Lauren. Lauren, how, thank you for, first of all for joining us. How's how's your week been? How's your weekend been? Uh, oh, how, how are you? A <laughs> uh, little tired. I just woke up probably like about an hour ago. Mm. Busy with work. But I'm here now, and I'm hopefully gonna have a good time today. You just uh, woke yeah, up about an hour ago. What? Wait, yeah. wait, where you at, Lauren? Where are you staying at? <laughs> I work third shift. That's why I'm in the uh, East Coast. Yeah. I was I'm about the- to. <laughs> I was about to say him. Him and me are on the same hours. He's working third shift. I'm covering New Japan events. We're all we're all going to bed at dawn these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely it's been a big week in the uh, in the wrestling world, especially for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's let's really just kind of. Let's let's get it right out of the gate to start. New Japan's coming back to the United States. New Japan is bringing a show to California, not to any venue in California. They're going to be at the Torch at the La, uh, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum for NJPW Resurgence on August 14th. Huge news, not only for New Japan, but specifically for the New Japan Strong roster, who is, have basically been the, the kind of face of the, the advertisements for these, these New Japan, this New Japan show on the 14th. So, First of all, uh, Tama, what did what did you think when you heard the announcement that y'all are going to be at the? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <When> you, <laughs> I remembered. Hey, hey, I'm I'm happy. We're back yep. in the states. It's the resurgence. Perfect name for it. We are back live. First live show here in the United States in the past what year and a half? The, oh two yeah. years. Damn, he's, man. He's, yeah, I want to say the last time y'all were here was for that. Uh, the, it was, again, the California tour, the the Showdown tour with uh, Liger's kind of final run of the U.S. Mm-hmm. We're excited, man. I, I think uh, not only just us, but the fans. The fans are excited. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you're going to a show. 
I'm I'm trying. I'm 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 move. I gotta figure out what's going on with American Airlines and all their workers right now. But I I'm gonna try and be there. Lauren, what did you think of the announcement when it was it was brought up? The first thing I went to go look to see like where is this, and then I realized it's across the country for me. Yep. I was really excited though to come back to America. Yep. That could only mean a lot of good things are gonna happen from here on out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm dealing with the same kind of logistics as you. It's halfway across the country for me. It's it's very much. I got I've got some money saved up from from my travel budget since I didn't travel at all in the hey, past like, year. Hey, your your job should be sending over there, not this job. They the other do, job. They, no, they <laughs> they do they do. But I'm a I'm a freelancer. So what they do is I I go over there and then I send them the receipts and they cover me. It 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 gets I get it back eventually, but I have to be able to I have to be able to cover myself when I head out there. We're not we're not all Hunter S. Thompson getting thousands of dollars to like go off to <laughs> Vegas, do whatever the hell, and like and we can literally just keep calling the office office and be like hey uh i need another like uh three thousand dollars i owe some guys like no it's we we have to pay our own way we are very much uh we are very much hustlers in that way um but yeah no it, it's a it's a big trip for a lot of people and it's a big venue because the the los mm-hmm. angeles memorial coliseum yes it's not in the coliseum proper but it's in this fantastic venue that's like right in the shadow of the the uh big arch that they've got out there uh, if you've ever seen uh, any photos of the Los Angeles Memorial Co- uh, Coliseum, it's a beautiful venue. They still have the Olympic torch. It very much uh, feels like a big deal, which is why What's the it's. Seating, though? Do you know what the seating is on it? Uh, I believe five hundred to three thousand. It's oh. yeah, it's about it's about three thousand. I would think with with standing room and all that. Okay. Um, maybe maybe twenty five hundred. It's a good. It's it's definitely going to be. They're still requiring masks, but it doesn't sound mm. like it's going to be uh, too spread out. It sounds like it's still going to have that energy we're seeing from AEW and that we're about to see from from WWE as they get back on the road. Um, and it. And as I said, they, despite the fact that, yes, they have advertised that, that Moxley's going to be there, that Jay White's going to be there, and that Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to make the trek across the Pacific to be there, but they've also brought up that it's, it's really going to focus on the NJPW strong roster, guys like Tom mm-hmm. Lawler, guys mm-hmm. like Fred Rosser, guys like uh, Leo Rush, even though he's retiring, he did say that he's going to fulfill some contractual obligations mm-hmm. for New Japan. This might be one of them. I'm not, I'm not like saying he's going to be there but it, it does sound like everyone that you've been seeing on njpw strong is finally going to get to get to show out jay white right jay white yep. Hikuleo, mm-hmm. you got juice robinson's david finley that's a strong yep. squad man yeah and it and we're also going to be getting a, a a it sounds like an appearance from john moxley whether it's a title defense whether it's just a match mm-hmm. whatever john moxley's going to be fighting for new japan on American soil. This was a big deal. If you remember the the G1 climax that opener that y'all did in Dallas in 2019, Moxley was not allowed to be there due to his contractual obligations with AEW. He's appeared on NJPW Strong, but that's a a nebulous area these days. His last title fence was on AEW television, and so now that he's actually going to be wrestling for New Japan, advertised for New Japan on North American soil, that's a big deal. It's a big mm-hmm. it's it's a big win for both companies and a big win for for camaraderie i mean what do you think lauren about the the idea that we're, we're finally going to get a, a proper u.s title defense at a new japan show in and, north america and long overdue very yep. long overdue <laughs> it definitely feels that way. i don't what do you what do you think lauren of the of like the iwgp u.s title right now because like it's 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 divisive some people love it some people feel like it's it's been kind of 
kept in the shadows. At first, I was really excited for it because mm-hmm. it had meaning and it was getting defended and it was boosting, um, you know, for Japan and for America. But lately, it's just like it's just kind of there. It's like it doesn't have any value. It just like hmm. it's like a placeholder, basically. Okay. But I've always noticed something with Moxley. Whenever he holds a U.S. title, whether it's this uh, New Japan or WWE, he really defends it. Because when he was WWE United States Champion, mm-hmm. what was it like? It was almost like it 300 was, days. Yeah, right? no, it was, it was one of the longest reigns. Yeah. In, in the modern era of the United States title, and like sub- you said. It, he was some, <laughs> sorry. I was keep going. Some, no, I would say there's just something with him and holding U.S. titles where he really defends it, or mm-hmm. he's always he's always retained. So I don't know. It's just is that part of his contract or something? Like I, it it I don't know because here's the thing. Like the WWE United States title run he had, that was very much WWE's decision that he was defending it once in a blue moon. He was also part of the Shield, mm-hmm. and so everything the Shield was doing, the United States title was wrapped up in that. He's doing a lot of tag matches. Uh, and so I, I understand how how it kind how the title kind of got pushed to the side. In this case, though, it's not really it's not Moxley's fault. It's not AEW's no. fault. It's not New Japan's fault. We just had a pandemic for the past mm-hmm. year and a half, mm-hmm. and so there wasn't the ability for him to to go back and forth to Japan like he used to 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 defend that belt. Now I. I disagree. I kind of think that now that it's it's become this rare jewel that like you have mm-hmm. to you basically have to come to Moxley to get now. I think that kind of adds this like this prestige to it because whether it's Kenta on New Japan Strong, right. whether it's Yuji Nagata on AEW Dynamite, his title defenses have this electricity like they yeah. mean something now because they're so scarce because they're they happen so so rarely that you're like this this might be the time that someone brings that title back to new japan and out of jacksonville i mean what do you am i hey, i, I see you've you got ready to chime in yeah yeah I, I agree with you with uh with mox and uh kenta you know kenta has been on fire especially on uh especially right now right he's oh, hot yeah. and uh him making that way to AEW, that's all everybody ever talked about. And I think that brought a lot of light. Mox, man, he's he's been hot holding that title. Uh, anything mm-hmm. that he touches right now, anyways, go people following to watch. And then you have, you know, as a second uh, uh, title defense, I mean, for this year, right? It will be mm-hmm. Yuji Nagata. So you've got a legend coming all the way from Japan. And to be on AEW, that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it brought eyes. It brought eyes, and I think everybody understands, um, you know, what's what's going on with with that title. And I, I, I gotta, I, there's weight behind that title, and with Mox holding it, you mm-hmm. gotta I gotta give it to him, man. So whoever takes it off Mox, that's gonna be, uh, I think that's gonna be a nice shine on them. Mm-hmm. It definitely, it definitely feels like. Uh, and especially now that it's a proper New Japan show in North America with fans, if this this is another case where it feels like it might be that moment, it might finally be time for mm-hmm. for John Moxley to uh, to get that get that title taken from him. But John Moxley isn't the only uh, Wednesday or Friday or Saturday night attraction that is is coming on to the the NJPW resurgence or coming to to New Japan Strong because it's been advertised. That uh, a couple of names that are very familiar to you, Tama, are coming back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Carl Anderson, Luke, Doc Gallows, the, oh, the good brothers. They're going to be part of Tag Team Turbulence at the uh, at, on the New Japan Strong shows. And it sounds like they're going to be at, at uh, New Japan Resurgence on the 14th. So. Mm-hmm. You have not you've not had a shortage of, of words between you and, and Anderson <laughs> over the past year. How does it 
you finally you uh, finally got a he's finally coming to your your territory so to speak he's coming uh he's coming hey, within swinging distance that's all i've been asking for come my way come my way you know where i'm at carl anderson you know where i live you know where i stay Come on. I know he's taking steps. He's making those little steps to come my way, man. Island hopping to get to me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, man. Come on. Him and Doc Gallows. Look, they're a formidable tag team. They've been doing mm -hmm. their thing. They joined the wrong side, unfortunately. But, hey, we'll wait. We'll wait when you come over and get that ass whooping, Carl. Mm -hmm. I love you, but I hate you at the same time. <laughs> Ooh, this is gonna the, uh, shout out to Mab Ghost in the uh, in the chat. This is this is gonna get spicy. I'm really excited to see where this might go because it as as anyone who's been listening to Thomas Island knows, as anyone who's been listening to to Talk and Shop knows, as anyone who's been listening to really just paying attention to to Bullet Club or wrestling in general over the past year, there was there was always this wonder, especially with the way with the way you talk, Thomas. That are you gonna come to them? Are they gonna come to you? And now. They're not necessarily coming directly at you, but they're come they're coming to New they're Japan, coming. and so it feels oh. very much very much like they're coming to you. They know where the money's at. They know mm -hmm. I'm not desperate. No, 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 no. But they are. <laughs> <laughs> come to Japan. We'll give you a nice welcome. It's been what six years now. Ooh, yeah, something like sold your yeah. soul to the devil. It's been just yeah, just about five years. They left in they left in 2016, and here we are in uh, in in late 2020 or mid 2021, and the combustible elements are coming together. I mean, what'd you think, Lauren? How did you kind of feel when you, when it was announced that the the Good Brothers were coming back? I was very excited to see that because you know it's gonna be a big reunion when they come back to New Japan to compete. So I'm looking forward to see who they're gonna be up against or what's gonna happen just in general. Mm -hmm. And it, it, they've definitely got a very interesting, uh, they have a very interesting kind of, uh, tournament on their plate because the tag team, uh, turbulence, uh, tour, uh, the tag team turbulence tournament that's going to be happening on new Japan strong. It's not traditional new Japan tag teams. Like they are really going to be having their first match is going to be up against Clark Connors and TJP. They're going to, you've got guys like Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita are a team, Fred Yehai and Wheeler, Utah, Kevin Knight and the DKC, Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, Brody King and Chris Dickinson, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight. These are not guys that uh, that the Good Brothers have a lot of history with. These are going to be a lot of first-time-ever matches. These are going to be a lot of them kind of feeling out the future of, of New Japan, especially uh, New Japan in America. And so it I, it feels like it, it, it definitely gives it this... I don't know. It gives it the spin because, you know, what they've been doing with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks is very good, but it's very safe because we we know Omega, the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. We know that that's a that's a team. That's a team that can always kind of work together. The stuff, it, it, it kind of feels similar to what they're doing in Impact, where they, they really do kind of now that they're free of, of WWE, they kind of get to get their get their claws into the the future of, of tag team wrestling. And it, mm -hmm. I mean, it, and they're also getting some singles matches in impact. You don't, you never know. They might, uh, you never know what kind of path, path these guys are going to cut through, through the, the, the kids. But uh, what do you, what do you kind of think of, of the year that I'm talking to Lauren, what do you think of the year that the uh, good brothers have had? Because this is the year they've done impact. This is the year they've done AEW. Now they're in NJPW. They're doing, they're doing th they're in three promotions right it's now. It's definitely been their loudest year because mm -hmm. you hear about them, you always see them. 
And I think when they left WWE, I think it was better for them because they really are making like their presence known to everyone who competes against them. Whether you love them or you hate them, they're there and they're not going away anytime soon. And they look better than ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. They really have stepped up their entire presentation, I think, since they've, they've left WWE. Like they were, I think they were ass kickers and they were cocky sons of bitches when they were in New Japan. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've kind of got this like, and it's, it's the same with guys like Matt Cardona. It's the same with guys like EC3. They've got this kind of rock star way that they carry themselves now mm-hmm. where it, it adds a whole new flavor because you, you, it's not the, uh, it's not the, the good brothers of old. It's, it's kind of similar to what Jericho's doing where it's, it's, yes, it's the stuff you know and love about Jericho, but it's in this very cocky, bigger than, larger than life package. And so I, it's, it's going to be a spicy summer. It's going to be a very, very spicy summer, especially as the wrestling world kind of comes back to normal, as we've talked about last week. And, and in happy hours, WWE is going to be touring again. Their Money in the Bank show is going to be in front of a live audience. AEW, I believe, gets back on the road next week after about a month of being kind of put in the shadow of the NBA playoffs. Their ratings were kind of screwed with when they were on. They, first, they were on Fridays. Now this week, they're going to be on Saturdays. And so it it has kind of thrown them into into disarray a little bit because you don't you don't necessarily know where to find them they don't necessarily have the uh the ratings wins on their their shoulders to kind of lean on and so everything kind of has to be about the product right now everything has they have to be delivering a great tv show or else the numbers are going to to eat them alive and i i think they've been delivering a pretty damn solid show i mean it's it definitely it feels like they are in a, a slight holding pattern, but there are some there is some real fun developments that are happening. Whether it be Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega's feud, whether it be the continuing I, I keep calling it the righteous gemstone phase of the the Young Bucks as they kind of go more and more into this uh, uh, kind of cartoon character versions of themselves. Lauren, you've been keeping up with with AEW. What what do you kind of think of especially these NBA playoff? shows that they have been doing where they, they kind of have to deal with a Friday night or a Saturday night schedule and they have to make a big loud bang to kind of get people to, to pay attention. Do you think they've been, they've been doing that? Yes and no. Um, the problem is the time slots at 10 o'clock Eastern time. That's, that's a tough spot because usually people are out doing stuff or, I mean, for me, I'm usually working and I always like a consistent like routine. Like if it's always on Wednesdays at eight, it's like I have my routine. I know I'm ready for it, but they keep changing it. But at the same time, none of the shows I feel like have been lackluster. They've all been pretty solid. It's just a bad spot. That's mm-hmm. just, and you can't get out of that. So no, I'm, I mean, I'm, everything I've seen like on my DVR or I've just, I've been able to catch, I've really enjoyed. So, but it's just that, it's just that time slot, like 10 o'clock PM. Yep. That's that's rough. <laughs> no, no, and and you know, people. I I keep saying it. People have lives, and they, there is only so much that you can ask of them on a Friday or, or of a Saturday night. But I'm with you that they've been doing a really solid job of making sure that yes, the numbers aren't in our favor right now. Yes, the time slots aren't in our favor right now. But we, you'll be able to look back on this period and say they kept their head down and they kept churning out solid programming. Uh, it definitely feels like AEW's gearing up for for a big. This this tour feels like it's going to be really big. I, I said this in in Happy Hour. Whenever AEW is on the road for that first stretch of tapings during their first year, at the end of every show, 
it felt like a company going out of business because they were like, all right, who wants a turnbuckle pad? All right, who wants Cody's weightlifting belt? I think I think one of the young bucks gave away a boot <laughs> at one point. Like they just were, they kept giving was, stuff away. I was there for one of those shows, like when they were in Cleveland two years yep. ago, and um, no, not not two years last year. Um, Cody gave away his boots to some yeah. kid, and they were he was giving away stuff, but. It was just nice. It's because they first started. So, and usually that was like after the taping or the show. So, no, yeah, it, 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 stuff away. <laughs> no, it's, it was very much, it was very much a way to kind of make the, give the fans a moment where they can say that like, even the, like the TV show was good. And then once the cameras went off, they actually bonded with us. They actually yeah. brought us in, into the, cool. I like that. yeah, no, yeah, it's, it makes, it, it makes it all the worthwhile that you, cause they're investing in the fans. They're investing their time with us and we're investing our time with them. So, yep. It's great to have that and to see that actually. And this and and this my my larger point about those those giveaways is that if this is how grateful they were in that first year, imagine how grateful they're going to be in this post-pandemic tour where they're they're basically going around to all of the fans who have kept them the number one wrestling program in the country for the I mean outside of outside Raw and and SmackDown get a lot more viewers but they're they're killing the demo right now with AEW and so they are really they are doing amazing work on that end and now they get to now they get to thank those fans somehow some way whether it's a you know Cody's going to be doing a, a strap match I believe in Miami they've got all kinds of uh mm-hmm. stipulation matches that are coming out it kind of feels like the old uh, WCW days where you would have like a house show that was Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair in a no disqualification match that went like 80 something minutes or whatever but it it has that kind of fan first vibe to uh to the to, to the booking for lack of a better mm-hmm. term it feels like they are trying to make a show that that people not only watch out of routine but that they can they can get excited about i mean it's like like i said they they have not while they've been in a holding pattern they've still debuted andrade they have kept the this pinnacle jericho thing very much centered on guys like samu guevara wardlow mm. and and jake hager got a showcase and so it, it definitely feels like they've made very good use of this holding time. Whereas, co- I mean, some companies, WWE, they've when they're in a holding pattern, some stuff like Roman really works, and then some stuff like Alexa doesn't really mm. work. Whereas with AEW, even the stuff that's not working for me is is kind of working for me. I don't. Am I? It, am I? Am I crazy, Lauren? What do you no. kind of think? No, you're right on. You're right yeah. on the money. What do you what do you think, Tama? The whole the whole dynamic there. Hey, every, everybody's trying to uh, figure it out, right? At this time, mm-hmm. this holding holding uh, period. So I hey, you gotta throw something at the wall to see what sticks, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I think look at all the doors happening. The the show from last week we talked about anything can happen, right? Yep. I think everybody's just throwing everything, see what works this time, and uh, I you know, a props to AEW for maneuvering the way they are during this time, right? Not only Okay, we're kind of coming out of the the, the uh, pandemic, but yeah. then now with the whole mm-hmm. with the whole sports getting them getting moved around, they're doing what they can to stay afloat. Man, give them props for that, you know. Gotta give them yeah. props. No, I, absolutely, and that's what I'm saying is is when the, even when the numbers aren't in their favor, they're making sure that they can still lean on that programming. They can mm-hmm. still lean on a on a good show. Uh, and speaking of you know, kind of throwing everything at the wall, whereas AEW. I think they they kind of take a less is more approach to a lot of their stuff. Like like Andrade's debut is enough. They don't need to make it this huge. Like he didn't challenge Kenny Omega to it. He didn't have a title match with Kenny Omega's first night. You know, mm-hmm. like they've 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 kept it very slow. Whereas WWE right now are are literally throwing everything at the wall. On Friday, <laughs> on Friday we had a Hell in a Cell match. 
On Sunday, we had two Hell in a Cell matches. And then on Monday, we had another Hell in a Cell match that featured one of the guys who was in Hell in a Cell 24 hours before that. Every network got a Hell in a Cell match. Fox got Hell in a Cell. Peacock got Hell in a Cell. USA got Hell in a Cell. And so it does kind of feel like WWE is also learning how to maneuver this new world where it used to be they were all on USA. They never had to really worry about, well, how's Fox going to feel about the fact that Peacock gets the big Hell in a Cell match that we're building to? Mm -hmm. And how's USA going to feel about the fact that we're wondering how Fox feels about that? And so it it very much feels like, and and this is kind of backed up by Brandon Thurston over at WrestleNomics, that it, it sounds like Fox said, hey, you've got this big Roman Reigns Hell in a Cell match. There's also other Hell in a Cell matches on the pay-per-view. Give us this one. Because we're very... Back when Fox signed the deal with WWE, the WWE Network was still a thing. So Fox wasn't becoming a promotional vehicle for Peacock, a streaming service they have no stake in. And so they, it very much feels like uh, WWE gave them a Hell in a Cell match. And then when USA heard that... Uh, Fox got the first Hell in a Cell match on live television in 20-something years. They went, well, hey, hang on a second. Are we just are we just chopped liver over here? We have been we have been a home for you for years. In fact, the last time Hell in a Cell was on television, it was on our network. And so suddenly, 24 hours after Hell in a Cell, we have another Hell in a Cell match on live television. It just it very much feels like a like a more is more type situation of just they throw as many cell matches at them as possible. You can't you can't complain when you're getting that many big matches, but it also I don't know. It feel it feels very hollow. Lauren, what did you kind of think of our, our celtastic weekend that we had? You know, I thought at first WWE was like trying to take a page from TNAs when they had lockdown because everything mm. was a cage match. But as far as like all these Hell in a Cell matches, it's it's just too much mm-hmm. because it doesn't make Hell in a Cell meaningful. It's just like they just it's like a gimmick match now, and they just throw it there. It's not like years ago when it first debuted, like. You know, oh, people are excited. Oh, it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be exciting. No, now it's just like, it's just kind of there. It's just the background. It's, I personally don't like them anymore because I'd rather have just seen them all like mm-hmm. a normal match because it's just, I don't know, it's just not exciting. I don't think it's exciting because they're just throwing it, you're shoving it down our throats mm-hmm. and it, it, there's like nothing special about it. I'm, I'm, I, I kind of agree with the fact that there's a there's nothing like special about it, but it, I think that I don't know. We live in a world where we get a TLC match every year, we get a Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. match every year, we get money, we get two money but in the bank too matches. Too much though. It's like yeah. it's like what am I gonna like if when you have it on pay per view? What's the point of watching on a paper or pay per view or Peacock and then watching it on TV for free? Mm-hmm. What's the no, difference? It's a very it's a very good question. I think especially now that they're navigating this the streaming world where like they don't have to rely on people needing to pay fifty dollars for it. Like every other company right now, yeah, because even even when New Japan does a big event, they'll have a fight TV stream available for people to buy buy. Everyone now says, Hey, we are we are putting on a show where you we, we you can pay twenty dollars for this one show. You can pay thirty, forty in AEW's case, fifty or sixty dollars for this one show, and it's going to be worth it. Whereas WWE just has to give you ten ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month's worth of content, and on yeah. that on that level they over deliver. They give us they definitely give us more than nine ninety nine uh, in content. <laughs> but even when New Japan had their their ladder matches they've only had like what maybe two or three two 
Those, there have been those are exactly really just, exciting, but you don't see them having it like every month or every because yeah. it's it just was like something to look forward to, and it paid off both times. It paid off very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it will, and it goes back to you know WWE, especially because WWE owns a trademark on Hell in a the Cell. They own a trademark on TLC. Like it's it's more it's not about the stipulation. It's now about the brand. Like Hell in a Cell isn't a match. Hell in a Cell is a brand. Elimination Chamber is a brand, uh, and so it it kind of it kind of goes back to the way WWE is about like licensing, like with with New Japan, with AEW, with uh, Ring of Honor, with all of them. The money is still in the fans paying to see the show, whether it's at live events, whether it's through subscriptions, or whether it's through pay per view. It's about the fans paying for the show and buying some merch, which is related to seeing the show for the most part, whereas with WWE, it's all about licenses right now. I mean, the reason they had the year that they had over the last year is they didn't have to sell a ticket, and they still have millions of dollars in network fees, licensing deals, brand contracts, cross-promotional, yada yadas. And so they are they are no longer a company that needs... And, and this is it's going to be very interesting to see how after a year in the Thunderdome, they deal with live fans again, because this mm-hmm. is a company that doesn't need fans. They've done... Over a year, yeah, over a year of television mm-hmm. where they control the crowd reactions. Yes, they have little faces on the screen, but they they coach the. If you've ever been in the Thunderdome, they produce the people in the Thunderdome. They say, "Yeah, mm-hmm. let's see those big smiles," or "Oh no, you don't like it. Let's get some thumbs down." And then the noise is all done by the sound designer, who's you know sweeping up the cheers, and sometimes he'll bring in the booze, and then he'll hit that chant button every now and it's a. Mm-hmm. It's they've they've ma- been making movies and they have to go back to doing theater and so it's going to be very interesting to see how that transition is. Whereas like a company like AEW has been doing theater this whole time, New Japan has been doing theater this whole time, uh, and so they don't have that they don't have that weird transition back into the back into the world of, of fans. What have you uh, been enjoying more, Ross, the theater type or the movie type? Oh, theater type, hands down. Yeah, Just same like, here, theater, big time. Because uh, even even if WWE, even if the pay per view last night was live or th- mm-hmm. on Sunday night was live, it didn't mm-hmm. feel live. None of yeah. it feels live because there's mm-hmm. there's no fans there. It's mm-hmm. it, it, like even SNL has a has a crowd because you need if you're live you need you need people reacting in real time yeah. to give to, so that energy translates through the screen. And even and, if it's bad, it's still good in the end because you know it's real. It's not fake. It's not like they tried to like make you think like this is what you have to like mm-hmm. this is what they want you this is how you feel mm. i don't know i, I myself I, I'm, I'm with you yeah. i agree i'm I, i'm into the theater i like it live mm-hmm. i like even as a performer i like it to mm-hmm. the energy of the people really feeds my performance it's a huge difference no matter how big the show is no matter who's there mm-hmm. it's always better to go live no matter what the show is mm-hmm. Like I let's I'll I'll point out the 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 New Japan tour that y'all have been doing like with the the last last night's Korokin show that was main evented by the never six man tag belts being uh, defended mm-hmm. everything about that match hinges on how much the crowd has gotten behind chaos and how mm-hmm. much their their reactions it fe- it's it's not. It's not this canned noise that, you know, is from people that were cheering 20 years ago. Like there there are dead people in the WWE audiences right now because the the noise is from so long ago that it's a ghost audience. Yeah. Whereas with with uh New Japan, 
it's live people that you can see getting behind people that you're either rooting for or booing yeah. people that you're not. And so it it creates this community with the audience that WWE just doesn't have right now because I'm not one of the people on the screen. You know, it's like it, uh -huh. I'm not one of the people on the screen. Maybe they're using one of my shouts from a, a you know, a raw that they taped in Rosemont <laughs> 10 years ago or whatever. But it's not it. It's 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 all hollow. It's all fairy dust. I don't yeah. I, like, what do you, uh, do you get the I same kind something. of vibe? Oh, okay. Uh, no, I saw something the other night. Uh, I watched a little bit of Hell and Cell on uh, Sunday night. Again, yep. it was Lashley versus McIntyre. And mm -hmm. Lashley, uh, well, I think he choke slammed uh, McIntyre on the outside and McIntyre was rolling. It's supposed to be on the table. Mm -hmm. Now, when the camera went away and came back, there was a hand pushing table bits all over the yep. place. And I, 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 started, I said, what the hell is that? I said, so I'm questioning, did Homeboy go on a pad and then somebody else just push all the, pull all yep. the table bits on? That is, that is the running theory right now is they, they chokeslam Drew McIntyre onto a crash pad a la uh, Jericho and, and MJF. And, now, and then, yeah, they had a hand underneath there pushing oh, all of the no. debris back out. It was <laughs> – and this, oh, this is – and that's one of those things where it's like I – this they've gotten so used to making movies that you know they're now like well we don't have to do the choke slam through the table and it's like well when you get in front of fans again you're gonna have to do the choke slam through the table like uh. it it goes back to the it goes back to the 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 Jericho MJF discussion we had about it's not my fault that you promised a guy going through a table that you that the the whole thing was built around a guy being choke slammed through a table that was your idea and so you have to follow through on that whereas now they're like well we don't because we're making movies and so we can put a crash pad out there and there's there's no fans to see us moving and they have used crash pads like shane mcmahon at wrestlemania 32 uh, there was a crash pad there that they they snuck in like they they do do the big you know stunt show stuff in front of the live fans but because they've been in this thunderdome that that hand makes you think they're getting maybe a little sloppy because they haven't had to hide you know they haven't had to hide any of the tricks they can just do it out in the open and make sure they're you know editing right mm -hmm. or make sure they're shooting right like if you if you watch that hell in a cell match it's the most claustrophobic hell in a cell match i've ever seen because every <laughs> every fight takes place in one of the corners of the yeah. cell and yeah. so they're just it's it's the cameraman right up on them you can't get a full view of anyone like it, it there was a conceptual way that it worked but it also kind of I don't know. It just it felt very very cramped. Like, I'd, Lauren, what do you what do you kind of think of, of the way the Thunderdome has been now that now that we're gonna finally be moving out of the Thunderdome? Like, what do you think of my what do you think is legacy of its legacy? My biggest wonder is gonna be this: when WWE goes back to having live performances in front of actual people, how are the wrestlers gonna react to that? Because they've been behind all these like screens where they can't like they can't actually yell at them or. Just I don't know, distract. I don't know if that's the word to use, but it's a different vibe when there's like someone like you know twenty feet from you as opposed to like someone who's like on a screen. But I mean, at first I thought the Thunderdome was pretty neat because you know we couldn't actually go, so it felt like we were actually there. But I feel like it's gonna eventually just fizzle out if everything goes back to full capacity and everything's back to normal. So from a performance, while lasted. Well, from a, you know, from my view, from a wrestler's view, I think to answer your first part, I think the wrestlers are going to be fine when we go back live. I think they're going to feel feel the energy. And once you, you know, you've been training as a wrestler, you've been training for years and years and years. You know, it's it's like muscle memory. 
You know, mm-hmm. it was the same thing when we were off. We didn't wrestle all last year, right? We didn't wrestle for eight months. Mm-hmm. But when we came in, it was just like muscle memory. The only thing that was kind of shot was our, uh, our was our endurance. We kind of like ran out of breath quick, quicker, mm-hmm. but that built that it came right back too. But but I think uh, from a, from a wrestler's point of view, that once they get back, I think the fans come back, will be right back in. I think they'll do even better because we feed off that. We feed off the the, the fans. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just to, for that first part, I, I'm, I'm with you. Right? No, I understand. <laughs> No, and it, it makes a lot of sense because, because like even even before the pandemic, before the Thunderdome, there were certain WWE superstars where it's like they they don't know how to react to fans that get in the way of their cadence, that get in the way of their and that's I feel like that's just an age old performer thing. There are either people who can roll with it or there are people who can't, and so like we'll just it's just going to be another case of of learning who in the Thunderdome era is able to roll with it, who can't, and if if WWE history backs up the people who can roll with it are going to be the people that you know we see a lot more of how long has it been now like a year it's been a year since they've had the thunderdome right it's been about a year of the the, year? Thun- the thunderdome itself it's mm-hmm. been over a year of like the no fan shows right, okay. like because they were in the performance center for a few months mm-hmm. uh and i think i think it was maybe maybe money in the bank uh maybe it was last year's money in the bank was the first thunderdome uh, but it's it's just around just around a a full year, uh, but it it it's going to be interesting to see how people react to to people like Bobby Lashley because on in the Thunderdome Lashley's full blown heel like people mm-hmm. do you know the the boos are there people don't like Lashley but he's not that guy when you start to talk to fans on Twitter or on Facebook or just in general, mm-hmm. like there are people who kind of like nice. they, they, well it's not it's not it's not even that Bobby Lashley's nice it's just that. People like this guy, even mm-hmm. even as the you know kind of dominant asshole heel that he's been with MVP, he's still kind of backing it up in a way that mm-hmm. like makes you makes you almost root for him. Uh, like especially with someone like Drew McIntyre, who's been been like a WWE project since 2010, and he's he's always been very much this uh, the you know Vince called him the chosen one early in his career, and he's been trying to prove that ever since and now that you have a guy like bobby lashley sending him to you know rock bottom now that he's lost to to riddle and can't be in the the money in the bank it this ascendant bobby lashley is going to be an interesting force for for fans to to deal with i don't know what do you, what have you kind of thought of bobby lashley's run lord it's like i said before, i keep saying it's long overdue because mm-hmm. i feel like he should have been a champion many years ago and I'm just hoping when everything goes back to full capacity normal that he doesn't lose the momentum he has now. I hope he actually goes further. Like it helps him better in the long run. It It's very, they might have like a situation. I don't want to, you know, this is going to sound like sacrilege to a lot of our older, older wrestlers. And they might have a situation like the rock on their hands where like, he's very much a heel. He's a cocky heel. He's confident. And people are starting to react to that. And so it might be the minute you get him in front of a live fan, people are chanting almighty at him. I, I don't, I don't know. He's got a, he's got an energy to him. He's got a legitimacy to him that I think is kind of matching what Reigns is doing on SmackDown. I think, I think the two, the two mm-hmm. top champions of the brands right now really carry themselves like champions. And so I'm interested to see what happens when they take that in front of a live crowd. And if that, if, if they still, if they still are champions or if the emperor has no clothes, you know? Hey, speaking of the heels, man, how about that uh, WWE heel that's uh, getting people all worked up on social media, even Marie. Oh, <laughs> 
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I'm glad that's it. This is a good transition because I was just about to talk. It's not just it's not just Eva Marie now. Eva Marie has has Piper Niven in her corner. Piper Niven even tried to to call herself Piper Niven, but she's apparently dewdrop, according to, to Eva Marie. Uh Eva Marie has wrestled probably two, I think she's on her second match, her second appearance, because uh, Dewdrop did the wrestling for her since since her return, and she has the most heat of anyone in the, the company. I mean, people hate Eva Marie. Not, like, they they hate Eva Marie the way they hate, like, like, like Enzo, where it's like, there's a very, there's a palpable... Oh, that's a little, I think it's a little harsh. No, no, I, I think both. No, no, I, I, I think, I think ends. They both, they have this, they have this thing where like, I don't even think, I don't even think half of it's intentional. Part of it's what they've done. And part of it's just people don't like them overall. There's something, something about Eva Marie, especially with all of the, you know, she kind of became the face of the budget cuts because they're bringing in Eva Marie as they've let go of all of these fantastic wrestlers like Ruby Riot. And so I don't, I don't think a lot of this is, is fair to Eva Marie because, yes, I think she's doing a good job of, of rolling with, with the, the heat she already has, but she didn't pour the gasoline on herself. Someone oh, else yeah. poured the gasoline on her. Uh, and so the fact that she's kind of rolling with it is it, it's endearing. It's endearing me to, to Eva Marie. It's not endearing anyone else to her, but I think that'll work in her favor. I mean, what do you What do you think, Tom? Of her, like you, you you're a shit stirrer. Hey. She's getting in there. She's stirring. She's stirring hey, the pot. I, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate yep. the heel works, man. Look, it's like the bucks, right? The yep. more people shit on you, the more you lean into it. You got it. Mm-hmm. You have to. And if somebody you know gives you gasoline, shit, throw a match in it. Why mm-hmm. not, man? You, you know you're put in this position. I, I think there's people just hating the fact that she's a pretty girl. She's very, she's mm-hmm. pretty. She, she got this like following on Instagram, social media, and and but her wrestling sucks. So they feel that these opportunity uh, that's been given mm-hmm. to her is only because of her looks, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you love to hate hate on that, I guess. Hey. Mm-hmm. But if she, I, it's she she kind of reminds me of another kind of one of her contemporaries, Chelsea Green, kind of has the same kind of heat where, like, I think people really just don't like the fact that she's a very beautiful woman who's also smart enough to to get under people's skin, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so I think so many people want the beautiful woman to be this, you know, uh, 
not secondary, but this this background character that has no agency, that has no, mm. you know, real weight to them. And so when they see someone like Chelsea Green or like Eva Marie that's smart enough to know that it's going to get twice as much under their skin mm-hmm. because it's not just a person doing this, it's a beautiful person doing it, I... I gotta, I gotta raise a Red Bull to it. I think it's, right. I think it's, it's fantastic stuff. Because it, I look, I'm not the person to talk about Eva Marie's wrestling. I don't, I she seems to be doing fine. I haven't heard about her hurting hurting anyone. It seems like it seems like she's a she's a fairly decent wrestler, but she's a damn good personality, and yeah. she's a smart personality. And yeah. especially in WWE, that's the game. Like yeah. if you got the personality, you'll be look at look at guys like RJ City, Malcolm Bivens, guys who have literally just made their whole thing off of the fact that like they are they are a personality you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's definitely I I think the future's bright for Eva Marie. I really do. As <laughs> as much as it as much as it probably pains a lot of people to hear, it's gonna the future's gonna be very the future is 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 hers right now if she keeps up with what she's doing. Right. Um, but she. All, but also we got you know if we're talking about Eva Marie we got to talk about about Piper Niven we got to talk about Dewdrop because this is this is a woman who they have kind of brought in to be the wrestler for Eva Marie right right like that was the, the whole game of the first match was she won the match for Eva Marie now Dewdrop Piper Niven uh, doesn't want to help team with Eva Marie anymore and so it, it is kind of adding this whole uh, this edge to to Piper Niven because now she's not just someone that people support she's someone that people feel has been unjustly stepped upon like this is she has that kind of uh she it, it, she's become an instant underdog just in the way that they've they've had Eva Marie treating her and so you, they really they've killed two birds I think with one stone here in in making a, a badass heel in in Eva Marie well not a badass heel but a smart heel in Eva Marie and then what what is likely to be a badass uh, babyface in Piper Niven when she she finally kicks ass and and starts uh, taking names and Lauren what did you kind of think of the 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 Eva Marie Dewdrop partnership Why why would they name it Dewdrop I don't, That's the thing I don't get <laughs> uh, Well just... the o- the the only the only case of that specific spelling of Dewdrop showing up before WWE is on Urban Dictionary where it is a term for a, a woman who may prefer, not necessarily a lesbian, not necessarily bisexual, just someone who may have sapphic tendencies, so to speak. I mean, uh, when, I but, heard, when I first heard that, it's like, seriously, WD's going to call her Dewdrop as opposed yep. to Piper. I've always liked Piper Nivens. I think she's, I thought she's underrated, but now I think she's going to have her moment to shine. Her being paired up with Eva Marie, I think it's, it's not actually a bad combination, considering mm-hmm. that you have one who's a beautiful person, and one who actually does all the fighting. So mm-hmm. I think in the end, it's going to work out well for both of them. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And it, and it, I, I, I bring up the urban dictionary thing. Cause I think a lot of people got very confused about Dewdrop. There were some people who liked the way that they, they kind of let Piper Niven introduce herself as Piper Niven before Eva Marie cut her off. But as you, at once you add specifically that spelling and what it means, it does kind of turn it. Cause Dewdrop is, is it's not, it's not a pejorative, but it's not like a, it's not a term of endear. It doesn't sound like a, a term of endearment either. It's it's very much a sort of you know, uh, it, it's 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 giving someone a nickname that they don't necessarily want, and so that's that's a classic schoolyard uh, schoolyard fight. And so that I'm I'm real interested in the kind of just kind of the base of that storyline, whether whether it it goes the direction we all think it's going to, I don't know. But they've got some some very simple, very classic uh, building blocks there. Um, it's it, it definitely like we said last week anything anything can kind of happen now anything mm-hmm. can happen because we've got we've gotten to the point where 
you know, people, I, and I, I think wrestling in general has, ado- has adapted to social media better than a lot of people give it credit. So just like, I think there are a lot, like you see, we all saw this past, uh, this past week, uh, I believe it was uh, Rob Schamberger was talking, uh, the, the guy who does the WWE paintings was talking about the fact that, could you imagine if internet wrestling fans were around for, for mankind's debut, which they were, can you imagine if they were around for all these various like older things? There have always been internet fans of wrestling. They've just, they now take up a larger percentage because everyone's on the internet now. Back in the 90s, there was only a certain group of people that were on the internet. You know, it wasn't everyone was on the internet. Uh, and so it was, it was a small section. But now that everyone's on the internet, companies have to kind of adapt to that. And I think with this Dewdrop thing, WWE hooked people from the minute they, they threw out the idea that they were changing Piper Niven's name through the introduction. They got people to go, well, hang on. What are they doing with Piper Niven? I don't, I'm not sure I like this. And it's like, yeah, you're getting behind it. You're getting behind her. You're, you want to, you want to stand up for her. That's, that's the, that's the best thing. That's, that's what like Matt Cardona is doing in GCW. He's getting GCW fans to stand up for Nick Gage, even though Nick Gage doesn't need anyone to stand up for him. I mean, this is, he's going to slice, <laughs> some dude, gonna slice some dude with a pizza cutter. Meanwhile, Matt Cardona says something like, I spent 10 years locked up and GCW fans start popping in. Well, uh, that's WWE is not the same as prison. It's like, no, no shit. And, and Nick Gage is going to make him eat those words. I get the vibe, but like, it's the way that, the way that wrestling just as a business has kind of learned to has learned to kind of blend that world, you know, because like Tommy, you're no, you're no uh, a stranger to the world of social media. You're no stranger to the way that wrestling can, can blur those lines and the way that you can kind of, kind of boost business simply by, you know, by shit talking someone. So what do you, do you, how do you kind of feel like the wrestling business has, has, dealt with the social media age well with the social media is it's just another avenue to uh project your your character what you're mm-hmm. pushing in front of in, in front of the tv so it's there's no different except the only big difference is i'm in control of what i produce on my on on whatever uh platform i'm i'm using whether it's mm-hmm. twitter instagram or uh facebook or wherever but you're Hell in control with you Right. Instead of, instead of like Vince McMahon t- telling me how mm-hmm. to portray my character, I am in control and I give that out. And um, that's that's the fun part about social media. Well, and, and that seems to be the big thing that companies like New Japan, AEW and others have over WWE now. Because mm-hmm. once WWE started coming after people's Twitch streams, started right. coming after people's third party sponsorships, that's when you start seeing guys like like Miro and Chelsea Green and, and a yeah. lot of wrestlers really start to push back. Alistair Black, Tommy End, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Zelina Vega especially, and, mm-hmm. and even Paige fighting against the fact that like, they either get a cut of their cameo uh, fees or yeah. they have to, everything has to be approved on the Twitch. Whereas like right now we're on a Twitch channel that New Japan has literally no, no control no. over whatsoever. It's just you. Like I, yep. I, I log into the Twitch studio, but it's all, it's basically all you. Uh, and so it, it's, it's, and same with AEW. Now Miro's running his Twitch channel. Kip Sabian mm-hmm. and Penelope Ford run their Twitch channel. And so, or um, maybe they hire people. I don't know, but it, it it's in their control. It's their, right. you know, it's their, it's their thing. And it's, I think the more wrestling companies start letting wrestlers have their thing, the, 
the more you're going to start to see people pull push away from the idea that WWE is the be all and end all of of making a name for yourself in this business. They, they've been around for a while, right? And, mm-hmm. and so they've been they're used to doing things their way. And mm-hmm. but time is time is changing so fast. You got to keep up with what's coming out. And and I think this generation, and I'll give props to the Bucks. The Bucks and Twitter was like mm-hmm. they were back in the day. They were called the Internet Darlings, right? Mm-hmm. They were they were quick on it. And I learned that real quick from them when they came into Bullet Club and been using that as using the internet as a way to showcase myself not only in Japan but especially here in America. So I hey, you gotta keep up with the times. Japan still mm-hmm. I feel is a little is still behind. AEW has got all those guys, this generation that uses social media. They are mm-hmm. the one that's pushing it and trying new things. You got the Bucks with their YouTube. You got, uh, I think, Sammy with his YouTube channel too. You yep. got, like you say, Miro with the Twitch and the gaming. So it, it, everybody's pushing the envelope. All these different routes, um, trailblazers. There you go. There you go. Pioneers. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> What's um, wrong with that? Yeah, no, it, it definitely, it seems like WWE's ability to, to kind of hold people down. It's just, it's not there the way it was you're seeing people just buck up against it not i mean not just in wrestling as as i was talking about when we were talking about traveling to to uh los angeles for resurgence american airlines is dealing with the fact that people don't want to work there companies Mm -hmm. like like wendy's companies like uh, various companies big and small are dealing with the fact that like people don't want to work if you're going to pay them so little or if you're going to impinge on them the way that a lot of corporate companies will i mean that's that's part of the problem with wwe it's gotten so big that they have to micromanage all their wrestlers because the minute one of them steps out of line that's a publicly traded billion dollar company that you're screwing with and if you've ever seen network the primal forces of nature don't let you mess with billion dollar uh publicly Mm -hmm. traded companies you will atone at some point uh, mm-hmm. And so companies like AEW, where it's 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 private, they have the ability to to let a little more controversy reign just because they don't have the weight of those share, shareholders on them. Mm-hmm. And, and so WWE is and this I think this is why those sale rumors keep flying around is because WWE has to figure out how they are going to manage being this big of a brand because no wrestling mm-hmm. company has ever been this big. There has never yeah. been brand you know licenses as profitable as stuff like stone cold steve austin or mankind or i mean they still own the rock basically like yes dwayne johnson has his own things that he's going on but a lot of the brand bull stuff is wwe a lot of the john cena wwe owns his name you know it's very uh yes he gets to he gets to use it because it's his birth name but they've got so much john cena trademarks and all that kind of stuff that it's it's a complete in the way that the bucks are trailblazing on the the internet wwe is kind of trailblazing in the boardroom trying to figure out how does wrestling work on a publicly traded level like that because aew they're not answerable to shareholders new japan isn't yes bushi road i believe is is uh is answerable to shareholders but new japan itself isn't same with ring of honor sinclair is is uh, you know they have people that they have to be deal with, but Ring of Honor doesn't necessarily need to uh, uh, appease them. Whereas with WWE, they they and even W even in the days of WCW, they were they weren't a company that had to deal with the pri- you know the publicly traded part because Turner was privately owned. And in fact, once Turner went 
public and once the AOL Time Warner stuff happened, that was the death of WCW. And so this is why I say like WWE, they're they're in uncharted territory, and that's it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens uh, in the future. A, a, another place that's trailblazing is uh, NOAA, DDT, Tokyo Joshi Pro, the cyber agent uh, group. Mm-hmm. They're also uh, they're also tr- sort of figuring out how to be a how to be an actual wrestling company, not just a you know a wrestler. It, it's it's very it's it's a very it's going to be weird. It's going to be wild. It's going to be great for wrestlers in a lot of ways because there has never been this many profitable companies in wrestling. Like, yes, there have been profitable territories in wrestling, but now AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, WWE, all of these companies are, are at the point where they can, they can actually, they can take care of people. And at, at that, that can only mean good things. Uh, but Lauren, what do you kind of think of, of the, I mean, because we, we I, I've dumped a lot of information here. I've dumped a lot of information about WWE's history of public traded, but the overall idea of the fact that, like, this is the first time a wrestling company has ever been this big. How do you think they're kind of doing, like, overall? Do you think, you, like, like, I mean, that, I've been shit? watching, I've watched wrestling like forever. Yep. <laughs> so it's very, I don't want to say it's overwhelming, but it's, I'm just surprised, like, how. Mm-hmm. If we're out during this pandemic, like how someone could be out and you could still be taken care of, like you don't have to worry about like getting another job or wrestling mm-hmm. somewhere else or whatever. You're you're financially taken care of and covered. That's something that that's that's just great in general. Like I was very shocked when, especially for a company like Ring of Honor, I heard like they paid like every single one of their people. Like nobody had to be put out of work or nothing, and I'm just surprised by that. And I know companies like WWE and AW did the same, does do the same thing, but it's just, it's nice to hear that. It's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And that's, that's kind of the, the point is for, for so long, I think there was this exploitative nature to the wrestling business that don't get me wrong. It's still, especially on the independent scene, it's still there uh, in, 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 in full, but on the professional level, it's starting to get to the point where, you know, and where, you know, people can, start to wrestle. I mean, Tama, you had, like you said, you had eight months off. You didn't have mm-hmm. to go finding new employment. Yes, we did a, we did a podcast venture, but it was, you know, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't like this big side gig that's going to take over wrestling. Like this was just this, it, it, you, you were taken care of. New Japan right. kept you, kept you fed and kept you, uh, and if, eventually brought you back. Like it's very, right. uh, it's very good. It's very good to see that from from wrestling companies. I mean, even WWE they let go of Samoa Joe. Now he's back as an authority figure on on NXT. So even even these WWE budget cut releases aren't necessarily as yes. Some of them are are absolutely ghoulish, but they're not as sinister as I think a lot of people would have have you believe. Especially when you know people keep being brought back in, some so to speak. Um, it's gonna. It's definitely it's definitely going to be definitely going to be a wild time as we as we head towards this summer. Like I said, fans are going to be back for Ring of Honor, Best in the World. Fans are going to be back for Slammiversary uh, with Impact Wrestling. WWE is about to go back on the road. AEW is about to go back on the road. New Japan's coming to, to California. It get those shots, people. Wrestling's back. Wrestling's back, and we can we can really do this. <laughs> We can really do this. Even my immune compromised ass is thinking about flying. That's how that's how far we've come. <laughs> You got your second shot, right? You're all set to go. Oh yeah, I've I've gotten two of the two of the Moderna, two of the Pfizer. I got a I got a couple of Johnson and Johnsons. I got I'm the antibodies are raging through my system. How about, how about you, Lauren? You all you all vaxxed up? 
I've been vaccinated since February. Hell yeah. I, nice. work in health, I work in healthcare, so yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So you're, you're on the first one. actually get, yeah. I got one more. I got one yeah, more. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you. So next week, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to have that second shot. Are you, you Moderna off. or Pfizer? I'm uh, Moderna. Hell yeah. There better. you go. Mm-hmm. I might get the Pfizer after that. We'll see. No, no, they're all. <laughs> they're, <laughs> I'm gonna just go take some random shots. <laughs> they're all. They're all. Don't get me wrong. They're all good. Even the Johnson and Johnson is proven to be pretty, pretty damn solid. But there's the Moderna gang. There's the Pfizer gang. We just gotta know who everyone's everyone's in <laughs> for the uh, for the for the inevitable game of of dodgeball that I think this is going to accumulate in. I don't know. It very much. It feels like we all need to have a big a big game of kickball or something to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> who do you rep dog <laughs> i if all joking aside i got i got the pfizer down down at the united center very nice very nice yeah <laughs> but yeah get those shots everyone please get out get get uh get vaccinated so we can get to that that 70 percent that we're, apparently we're not going to make it to july 4th but in mid-july maybe we can get that that 70 percent vaccination rate <laughs> shout out to everyone in the chat that i've seen a lot of people that are, are talking about getting their shots or have gotten their shots uh it's good to hear it warms my heart um but tama where can uh where can they find you on this road to resurgence on this road to to opening back up Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Tama underscore Tonga. You can find me on Instagram, uh, the good bad guy, Tama Tonga. Hell yeah. And Lauren, if if you want people to find you, where can they find you? If you don't, that's also valid. I don't, I don't have I don't have Twitter. That's I don't fine. Have Instagram. I don't have any of that stuff. I just have Facebook and then you can find you can find Lauren at Thomas Island. Come on, yeah, there you that's go. About it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> come come subscribe to that Islander tier at patreon.com backslash Thomas Island. Hang out and happy hour with me, with Tama, with Lauren, with all the all the guests that we've had over the past few weeks and the guests that we're going to be going to be bringing on. Again, patreon.com backslash Thomas Island. That Islander tier is well worth it also shout out to the folks uh that have been given paying our bills as well whether it be uh express vpn whether it be manscaped to be the to be the man comics y'all have been taking very good uh good care of us over here at, at thomas island i know i've got the haircut i want to be a carney and be like oh yeah i went crazy with the manscaped box but i gotta get i gotta give a shout out to the folks over at floyd's barbershop i didn't i didn't i didn't go i didn't go quite that that uh quite that wild with it but i will say them the, especially the the latest box manscaped sent me they've, they've sent me some real good real good stuff and if you use that code tama over at manscaped they can hook you up as well well this has been a it's been a delightful hour of of tama's island thank you lauren thank you tama thank you everyone thank who you. joined us uh on on twitch and in the chat thank you everyone who's who's listening to this post uh recording whether it be through your i uh whether it be through your iTunes feed, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we will be back next week and we will be talking all the wrestling. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy your week. We'll see y'all at happy hour. If you're an Islander. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's Thomas Island. Find more great Thomas Island content like the shotgun series, weekly happy hour zoom calls with Thomas video versions of the podcast and much much more at patreon.com forward slash thomas island and visit at thomas island on instagram and twitter